Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Bronx Lounge. Connor Cavanaugh and Keith O'Neill are super excited to get this 2024 year underway as uh, not only big things expected from the Yankees, but big things uh, expected from us as well. And we're super excited for every step of the way. Uh, check us out on all social medias at the Bronx Lounge. We'll be posting daily content for you there. And uh, we're super excited to get a nice, uh, nice fresh start going. So let's go Yanks and enjoy the episode. I gotta hold down the city, city, New York, New York, New York, New York. I gotta let you know where I come from. Cali, Cali, I gotta hold down the city, New York, New York. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bronx Lounge podcast. We took a little bit, maybe a lot, of a hiatus towards the end of the season and for a majority of this offseason. A lot of things going on in our lives, but we are back. We're ready to go. We're pushing towards the end of the offseason here. We're going to go through the whole Yankee season as well. Keith O'Neill, Connor Cavanaugh. Keith, how are you doing on this fine morning as we welcome everybody back to the lounge? Connor, I feel refreshed and I feel nice and uh, I, I feel nice and awake now. All right. I'm out of hibernation. All right. It was a long couple months. And you know what? I'm really looking forward to this more than I was last year because, you know, we're at the, we're, this is a brand new start. Start of the season, uh, a whole bunch of off-season news to talk about. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited, Connor. I don't know about you, but uh, yeah, this is this has been this has been a hell of an off-season, and uh, you know I think there's just so much to get into right now. So Connor, let's 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 do this, man. Yeah, totally. Um, last year took a toll on a lot of Yankee fans, probably most Yankee fans. I mean, it was it was a tough year. It took a little bit more of a toll on you. Um, <laughs> And we saw we saw it towards the end of the year. It was it was last year was a depressing season, but we've de- we definitely have a lot of things to talk about in this off season. At least in my mind, a lot of them are positive. I feel pr- I feel really good about the outlook of this team right now. Obviously, we're going to get your opinion as we run through these. Um, so yeah, let's just jump right into it. Now, obviously, the Yankees have made a lot of stupid little transactions as this offseason's gone along, guys that they haven't, you know, brought back, that have elected free agency, that have went somewhere else. There are also guys that, you know, I think are going to end up back on the team that we don't want, Domingo Herman. We'll talk about that if we want to. But the first, I guess, big transaction is the new bench coach in Brad Ausmus. Um Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't really have a great feeling on this. Now, I kind of feel like with, with the bench coach – it's kind of it kind of comes down to how you feel about Aaron Boone. If you if you don't like Aaron Boone, maybe this is an opportunity for him to have a different voice right next to him um, on the bench that you know maybe can provide a different perspective, maybe some different moves. If you do like Aaron Boone, I don't know that this move really does anything. What do you think? Um. Well, I think that along with the bench coach, I think that. Really, the biggest thing was cleaning house this year. The biggest thing was getting new guys in, getting new voices. I mean, you had the you had the hitting coach switch mid year last year, which was which was absolutely un, unnecessary and literally did nothing. Uh, and so it's kind of the same thing with this year. You just honestly you need you need new voices, you need new people. Uh, I'm not really too worried about the bench coach as much as I was like the hitting coach uh, with with uh, what Greg Rosen or Rousen or whatever mm-hmm. the pr- pronunciation is on that, but. Uh, yeah, I just new voices, especially with who is asking to be brought in. Like Judge is asking for some of these guys to be brought in, and you know these players have connections with these guys. It's like 
it's just an equal balance. And I, I think that's something that we really need. It's just a new, new faces and new voices in the clubhouse. So that's, that's good. I'm good yeah. I mean, I, I tend to agree. I think, I think I'm a little bit more of a boon, a positive boon guy than a lot of other Yankee fans. And for me, yeah. being able to just have a different voice right next to him. I mean, obviously, um, the old bench coach, his name is completely losing in my mind right now, but he was one of Aaron Boone's best friends. I mean, Boone talked about him like he was his brother. And I feel like sometimes that can be a negative thing. You you know, you might tend to, you know, agree too much because the relationship is just way too strong. So to bring in a new voice, obviously I know Brad does. does have a relationship with Boone already, but just to bring in a new voice, I think is a positive thing. You talk, you, you talked about cleaning house and like just bringing in different voices and different, uh, different attitudes, different perspectives, uh, I think is is always going to be a good thing when you have a year like you did last year. Men- <clears throat> Mendoza, by the way. Mendoza, yes. Yeah. Oh, um, I don't know why, why, why I couldn't find it. Yeah, and if there was someone that, you know, I'm glad they did, I, which they should have, no way they were going to, I don't think there was any way they let him go, but I'm glad Matt Blake is obviously still here. That's, uh, that's I think the pitching, I think the pitching is going to be a big, 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 like, you know, what's going to happen with that because there's so many questions around the pitching. Um, but we're going to get into that later. I also think like you were saying with the Boone, with Booney, uh, you know who I am with, uh, with my critics on Boone and you know how he is in game and what he can be. But I have tend to grow in a respect towards Aaron Boone just because I really broke down last year and really thought, okay, you can't pin all of that on a manager who can only do so much with that roster. And it really like the whole, really the whole Yankee community and like, and like really, I don't know. Everyone just realized that it's just it, roster construction is like how important roster construction is more than it is coaching and and whatnot. Like you know, you can have the best players in the world as long as as long as it makes sense on your team, right? Um, so yeah, like it, it's it, it, it. I'm 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 gonna kind of hold my horses a little bit with Boone this year and. Give him a couple more breaks. One, I, honestly, I think he's an incredibly likable guy. Like he, oh, totally. he looks like he's a great. He looks like he's a fun time, and like for the way that this media bashes him, I mean, like that guy still shows up every single time. And there's and that's and that's just something that you can't take away from him. So, you know, if I can get another winning season out of him, which you know so far he's done every single year as, the, as a coach, then um, you know. If we can make the playoffs and make some noise, that's all I want this year. So I'm 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 gonna really be, I'm not gonna hold back. You know, if he makes some stupid decisions, he's gonna make these, which he will. You know, I'm not gonna not gonna take it lightly, but I am going to not go immediately to fire Boone. He sucks. Get him out of here because I think that I think this year is gonna be a bigger. I think it's gonna be a little more pressure on him now that he has a little more. He has he has more. You know, now he has the young guys to work with mixed in with these superstar veterans that you know. Now you now you have a little bit of cards to play with that you know if you mess up this is on you now but I just I think the way he connects with players I think like you know and this is now what his fifth year now as a coach I think he's gonna really start dialing in a little more starting to push some more buttons um, you know this this is this is gonna be a really really interesting year for Aaron Boone so I'm 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 actually I'm kind of I'm kind of kind of excited yeah. Yeah, you know, that last point <clears throat> that you brought up about him maybe, you know, pushing some different buttons and trying some different things coming into this year, I totally agree with, and I think it's a great point, because this was really the first year under, you know, Aaron Boone's management that the Yankees were not good. I mean, we had problems with, you know, the Yankees 
the last couple of years prior to, you know, last year, but they were still winning games. They were still in the playoffs. They still looked like, you know, a team that was contending. So you couldn't really kill Boone in certain instances. But last year was a rough year for everybody, including Aaron Boone. I mean, even though I am an Aaron Boone stan, there were things that Aaron Boone did last year that were not good. And after having a year like that, when the organization looks at it, you know, and says we need to make some big moves, we might need to clean house with a couple of pieces. That also means that Aaron Boone needed to look in the mirror and say, what, you know, what do I need to, you know, do in order to put this team in a better position and not have as depressing of a year as they had last year. So I think it's a great point that, you know, we might see a little bit of a different Aaron Boone because last year was the first year in Aaron Boone's managerial career, especially with the Yankees, that it really didn't go well. I mean, it just, it was a, it was a rough year. They didn't even make the playoffs. So, you know, I, I totally agree with that. Obviously not much more on the coaching side. There was a couple more coaching moves to the, to the staff, but we're not really going to jump into those. The first thing I want to talk about player-wise Roster-wise, is the Alex Verdugo trade. So that happened on December 5th of, obviously, last year. We're in 2024. Alex Verdugo traded to the Yankees. The Red Sox got Greg Weiser, Richard Fitz, and Nicholas Judas. All pitchers. Obviously, we knew Greg Weiser, Richard Fitz, and Nicholas Judas were minor league prospects. And from what I could gather, not super highly touted prospects. So this kind of seemed like a little bit of a dump for the Boston Red Sox, Yankees get Verdugo. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Weissert would be the only one that I would really have a concern about on that one. Um, but, listen, I liked it at the time. And I, I remember I called you. Um, I, I called you uh, right after it happened. I like it. Um, that's a lefty bat, you know, that it's not like this out-of-the-world lefty bat that, you know, we did wind up getting. But, it, you know, that's a lefty bat right there that works well in the Yankee Stadium. Knows Yankee Stadium. Uh, if you remember, if you remember around July of 2021-ish, that guy likes Yankee fans. You know, he really fucks with some of them in right field. So, which he's, you know, who knows where he's going to be playing yet. But um, yeah, I mean, I like it. All right, I mean, and Verdugo, you know, he's not this. He's not this, you know, all-star player. But that's just that's a. It's a good filler for this lineup, um, especially if you're having if you're planning on knocking him down around like one like the uh, around like the seven, uh, the seventh spot in the lineup. I don't know. I think it brings a really good amount of balance, and I mean he has he's he has like he has pop. I mean anything really goes out in right field, so I'm I'm a fan of it. And I don't know. I know there's like mixed opinions on it just because of a red him being a Red Sox and. And whatnot, and my God, he looks pretty ugly without a beard. But I, I, uh, I like it. You know, I I love this deal. I, to yeah. me, I, I when I when this trade went down, I took a look at Richard Fitz and and Nick Judas, the the other two prospects that the Yankees gave Boston in this deal. And from all I could gather, they're not going to be major players. They're just not. They're 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 mid to low level prospects. Obviously, anything can happen, and we've seen plenty of low level prospects come you know up to the majors and do big things. But from a prospect standpoint, they are nothing to write home about. And to me, Greg Weissert is also nothing to write home about. There's nothing that concerns me about Greg Weissert. We've seen plenty of him and his swinging sweeper. I, I I don't think there's anything there for Greg Weissert. I think this was a complete dump for Boston. And the three guys that the Yankees gave up in this deal, I have zero concern about. And then when you look at the Alex Verdugo side, what was everybody yelling about? That the Yankees 
biggest thing was to do in this offseason. It was left-handed hitting. Now, is Alex Verdugo the guy we're going to talk about next? Absolutely not. But you get, an, you get an outfield spot. The guy plays good defense. He's got decent speed. I think he does a lot of things good enough. And I think he's a little bit of an all-around player, which is a little bit of a breath of fresh air for the Yankees. He's not a guy that's going to strike out 200 times and hit 30 home runs. He's not going to hit a ton of power, maybe more in Yankee Stadium with the short porch as a lefty, but he's going to go up there. We've seen Alex Verdugo, obviously, in Boston. We've we got to see him up close for a number of years now. The guy battles and is at bats. I like the way he approaches the plate. He'll hit it the other way. He works the count. He'll, he'll take his walks. I, I like what Alex Verdugo brings to this lineup. Obviously, he's not going to be one of the four best guys in this lineup. That's not what you trade for him for. He's going to be either like you talked about, a bottom-of-the-order guy that can set the table for the top, or even against right-handed pitching, which we'll talk about in you know probably the next episode when we do the lineup, possibly even a leadoff hitter in certain spots. I think it's a really nice move for the Yankees. You get outfield help, which going into the offseason they needed. Obviously, there's a little bit of a logjam now with the offseason moves they've made. But going into this deal, you needed an outfielder and a lefty outfielder, and that's exactly what you got, and I don't think you gave up really anything to get this guy. Not to mention that, I mean, really a lot of people could have, but uh, last year he was he would have been the third best hitter on our team uh, behind Judge and Glaber. So, I mean, like I said, a lot of people could have had a better year than what a lot of people had. A lot of Yankees had last year, but I mean, still, it's like that's a lefty bat who could probably do even even better with you know with a short porch and right and you know especially with who, who what could what could Greg Rosen te- teach him that he taught Aaron Judge. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is it is important to mention that it, he is on the last year of his of his deal, so he is going to be an impending free agent. So it's a one year it's a one year deal, which I think is even better. You know, you're not locked into having this guy. Like if if it doesn't work out, it, it's a low risk move. I mean, you didn't really give up anything. You have him for a year. If it doesn't work out, you let him walk. Really, no harm, no foul. But they 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 got. I think they got a couple things checked off the list with this deal, um, and a couple more things checked off with the and, next deal. And they've always been they've always been. Cashman's always liked Verdugo, like literally since since twenty one. I feel like he's always been that name that buzzed around, but just that that deal just never got done, just because you know why? Like, just why would like that's not like a superstar deal right there. But yeah, I think yeah. that was a deal that's just listen, man. The biggest thing for every team, and you look at you look at championship teams, and you look at you know successful teams. The biggest thing is not landing that suit, like like not landing a Juan Soto, or like you know the the, the biggest thing is is to make those small moving needle pieces that not only benefit the roster, but like know that like, you know, this is, this is going to be better. Like, like, I don't know, this is going to work. Like, you know, Verdugo can fit in well to really a lot of other teams. Like, you know, his defense isn't the greatest, but it's, it's, it's a, it's good defense. His offense is not this, it's not 300 hitting, but it's still very reliable offense that you can, you know, you can count on. So it's just, I, I think these are just small moving needle pieces that the Yankees continue to need to make as well. Like, uh, whether it's this year for, you know, the small remainder of time we have in free agency or, uh, or if it's next year as well, whatever the case may be. But, you know, this is where, you know, acquisitions that round out your team and that really balance your team out. That's, it's, it's incredibly important. Totally. And actually, you brought up a, another really good point when you talked about the the rumors the last couple of years that Cashman was into Verdugo. I mean, if you remember, the the reports for the last two years were Verdugo for Glaber Torres. Yeah. So then you end up getting Glaber, I mean, Verdugo for 
the three guys that the Yankees ended up giving up, to me it was a total win, especially when you think about the fact that, in perspective, it almost, for the last couple of years, was Glaber Torres coming, going, you know, leaving for this guy. Um, but let's jump into the big one of the offseason. This one's obviously the biggest talking point. This is the one everybody's excited about for great reason. Yeah. The San Diego Padres trade Juan Soto and Trent Grisham to the New York Yankees for Michael King, Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez, Drew Thorpe, and our boy, Higashioka, the home run stroker. The home run stroker. Obviously, huge deal for the Yankees. They were in talks with with the Padres for Soto for a couple of days at the winter meetings. It, it looked like it was going to happen for a couple of days, but we were kind of still sitting on the edge of our seat. We weren't positive if that was going to happen. They were able to get it done. What do you think about Soto coming to the Yankees, and what do you think about the package that the Yanks had to give up for? Yeah, like you said, that was just that whole process was just holding your breath. It was almost like the Yamamoto process, like, you know, Yankees and, and one other team were the final two, and, you know, it was really depending on who makes that final, who makes that final call. And... Thankfully, thankfully we at least got we at least got Soto. But I mean, man, like that is exactly what you needed. All right, the offense was so bad last year. First of all, that like any upgrade, like you just need an upgrade. Um, that was legit. Like that was a Yankee move right there. Okay, that's not like that's not like no one realizes that's not that just a, like some some something that could pretty pretty much help your team out a little bit and you know move move into the right direction. No, like that's a superstar move right there that you you just grabbed one of them like a generational player okay and like that's like that's the yankees right there that we needed we need a powerhouse of people right when you think of that top three of you know dj judge soto like how interchangeable like that could be like dude like that just like that is so important to and even like and then you got glaber rizzo if rizzo can come back and then if stanton can figure himself out like that's such a good top six right there to the point where like like that was such a necessary move because now teams are gonna have to really like find ways to pitch around us and and you know it, it just that's that's such I don't know that was such an important deal right there for me um, I think like especially with getting kind of some juice back into New York and really bring like a bigger bigger aura back with him and Judge I mean those are like two of the two of the biggest names in baseball I mean I don't know like that that was such an important deal for me I'm fucking ecstatic for it I mean as really anyone should be I'm thinking about getting a Soto jersey haven't decided yet I don't know but I'm Connor I'm I'm that was just I don't know that was such a that was just such a such a, like an exciting time right right in that moment was like just realizing that like that is such a like no one realizes that's such a huge piece to move to move yourself back into that ALCS conversation the, the best thing you said was the last three words. Put you back in the conversation. Obviously, this is a monumental move for the Yankees. They've, they haven't made this move in a couple of years. We saw, you know, obviously the Yankees were willing to do something like this every year. To Last to be one was better. Last one was probably Stanton. Probably Stan, yeah. I mean, yeah. and I don't even know if Stanton Garrett Cole this level. maybe probably uh, Garrett, yeah, Garrett Cole. But he was a signing, like signing, to go out yeah. and trade for a guy with Stanton. Um, yeah, and what is that? Six, seven years ago at this point. It's twenty seven. I mean, twenty going into twenty eighteen. Yeah. So I mean, it's been a while, and they this is when the Yankees really needed to do it. You obviously didn't have to give up as much as you would have for a generational talent if he was, you know, on a long term contract. This is a one year deal. 
Now, I know that the Yankees are going in with the expectation of them being able to wow him and him wanting to come back. And there's and most of my heart believes that he's going to sign a long-term contract with the Yankees at the end of the season. I'm, I, I'm not feeling like it's going to be a one-year deal and he's going to go somewhere else. I think New York's the place to be. But with that being said, because he's only on a one-year deal, you didn't have to give up that much. You really just had to give up Michael King and Drew Thorpe. And the other two guys are really just pitching depth. Now, now pitching depth is important, but, I mean, we saw Brito and Vasquez last year, and they looked like they could be solid pitchers in this league in some capacity. Brito looked like he was going to end up probably being more of a bullpen guy as, you know, he flourished a little bit more in the bullpen at the end of the year. Vasquez looks like a true, you know, starting prospect. You can maybe see him as a 4-5 or starter when he, you know, reaches his potential. But obviously... Michael King's a stud, and he's the he's the main guy in this piece. And Drew Thorpe is a really highly touted prospect that you had to give up. I don't give a shit. This is Juan Soto. I mean, think about think about what a pitcher has to go through with these two guys now, Judge and Soto back to back at the top of the lineup. I mean, you're going to be, you know, the how you pitch to the guys before these two is now going to change drastically. It, to me, it almost doesn't matter who you put before these guys because they're going to get pitches to hit. You are not going to put guys on base before you get to Judge and Soto. These guys back-to-back change this lineup so drastically, make this lineup almost dangerous. You know, like we talked about all of last year how bad this lineup was and how just just how there was nothing exciting coming from this lineup. There was nothing to be nervous about after Aaron Judge. Now, you put this guy either before or after Aaron Judge. This two tandem, to me, is so exciting. I think it's a great move for the Yanks. They did what they had to do. And, I mean, think about it. You have two of the best hitters in Major League Baseball in your lineup now. That changes your team. It just does. I know there's nine guys in a lineup, and this is only two, but having two of the best hitters in baseball in your lineup changes things. It just does. Yeah, and the biggest worry was how much was given up. And you could, I mean, understandably, yeah, like there's a reason. And like the thing is, is like really, you'll have no regret on the trade at all if like if either he signs an extension. Or if they win the World Series this year, because here's the thing: yep. if like the biggest the biggest question is if if he resigns. So it's like I don't know, like if you don't get anything this year and he doesn't resign, like that's gonna just it'll look bad. But at that point, you know, we're not looking right there right now. We're just kind of soaking it all in as we can and enjoying the the superstar we got. But um, yeah, I mean that trade. It's like <clears throat> I do, I do, I do. I'm I'm going to miss Mike King definitely, uh, and like you said, like Brito and Vasquez is like you know good pitchers that they can definitely like who knows what who knows what they have ahead of them, but you know those are not like yeah like needle moving pitchers that you know that really is like oh that sucks so we have to give that up, but you know like I'm like I, that was just that's an even deal that you needed to make and. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm sure we probably could have gotten away with a couple with, a, with not giving up as much, but that's just the Padres. Just, you know, Pre- you know Preller, and he's not going down without a fight. So it's, it's. Yeah, totally. And I mean, this trade obviously does have some drawbacks to this roster, no doubt. I mean, you're not going to get a guy like Juan Soto without giving something up. You're just not. And their pitching depth was hurt by this. The bullpen and the pitching depth was hurt by this. Because whatever you thought about Michael King, you know, if you if you looked at him as being, you know, coming in as a starter this year or not. The bullpen was drastically changed when you get rid of Mike King and you get rid of Brito and even maybe Vasquez, who did see a little bit of time in the bullpen as well. 
you do lose the bullpen and the pitching depth. And, you know, the Yankees in other smaller moves have had to try and re-bolster it. I mean, obviously, they got rid of Esteban Florial for Cody Morris of, you know, formerly of the Guardians. You know, they had to bring in Cody Poteet. They just signed Luke Weaver. You know, there there are, you know, moves that have been made to try and re-bolster the pitching depth. And it's obviously not what it was. I mean, I, I would take Brito and Vasquez over those guys every day. But, you know, for a guy like Juan Soto, you give up a little bit of pitching depth. You give up a little bit of the bullpen. To me, it's a it's a slam dunk move. Everything that you're saying about the package that they gave up is correct. I don't disagree. But at the end of the day, I just sit back and I look at it and I just see Juan Soto and it's everything else almost feels irrelevant to me. Yeah. Um, I just had a question, but I forgot. That's actually funny. Um, yeah, actually, San Diego and and New York has some pretty. Uh, Connection, pretty big connections right now. I mean, a lot of a lot of New Yorkers are going to going to San Diego, and a lot of San Diego come to New York. It's actually, yeah. The uh, latest the latest one hurt my heart, man. The latest one yeah. hurt my heart. We probably won't be jumping into that too much today. That'll probably be uh, a little bit further. But the Wandy news was definitely sad. Definitely sad for me. I'm a, I was a Wandy guy, a big Wandy yeah. guy. Um. So that also that also means as well. That's what I was gonna say. Um. You know they traded Higashioka. Now we're gonna get a split between Trevi and Austin Wells. So yeah. or it, you know if you know if Wells can because you know Trevor Trevino hurt last year didn't really do all that. You know if Wells can start picking it up. I mean you know we're gonna start seeing a lot of Austin Wells, which is honestly pretty exciting to me because I really kind of I really mess with like that left-handed you know the mustache catch that he, that we got going on. So I'm I'm really I'm honestly a fan of that. Yeah, I, I think I think it's gonna be a quote-unquote platoon where. Trevino is going to play against lefties. Wells is going to play against righties. So to me, that means that Wells is the starting catcher because you're obviously going to see more right-handed pitching, starting pitching, and you're going to see left-handed. Oh, you think they're going to swap back and forth? You don't think it's going to be Trevino? I feel like Trevino is going to be holding on for like that for like a month, maybe two. Maybe, just... maybe to start the year. Maybe to start the year. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the biggest problem or the biggest concern that they had with Austin Wells was defensively, and he was good defensively when he came up yeah. last year. Obviously, the bat wasn't there, but he had just come up, and I don't think they're worried about that at all, and neither am I, really. To, to me, it was also the defense, and he showed that he could be a viable you know, a viable defensive catcher you know, in his time in the major leagues last year. So I, I think Trevino hits um, lefties really, really well. I think last year his, his average was over 300 against left-handed hitting. So I, I think against lefties, they're still going to want to go with Trevino. But I think as the year goes on, I think Austin Wells is going to be the starter. When when righties are, are on the mound, I, I think he gives them the best chance. And I think they like him a lot. And Wells, I, I like Wells, like me and you were talking about it when we'd watch it. Um, Wells has like a nice swing. Like he's just a couple more adjustments and adjusting to major league pitching. And like, you know, like he could be a really good player. So I'm, yeah, that's... That's something that I'm actually kind of looking forward to. And I really, honestly, a lot of this year, and we're going to talk about it, episodes and what and to come and whatnot, but really this year, like, so many young guys that you really, like, now you're thinking about it. Like, you know, Volpe, obviously, uh, Wells, maybe Peraza, if he starts sneaking into some uh, opportunity. And if, Cabr- I mean, Cabrera's still around as a utility, he's going to be he's gonna be there. So, like, you know, a lot of young guys that they're going to have to work with, especially in the pitching side, too. Uh yeah, it's 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 going to be a pretty interesting year on what on how things go. Yeah, the pitching side is definitely going to be interesting. Um, and let's jump into the 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 big move that they did make on the pitching on the pitching side, and that's Marcus Stroman. Now, this is a mixed a mixed bag, if you will, from Yankee fans. Some people yeah. 
really like this move. Some people don't like it at all. Obviously, he's got a lot of media history with the Yankees. I think he called Michael Kay a racist. Um, Classic. And Michael Kay is not a fan. I listen to his to his show every day. Michael Kay is not a fan of this guy. And there's a lot of people that aren't a fan of this guy. What oh, do you, Michael, who, Mike's not. Yeah. He he's not happy. My, yeah, Michael Kay doesn't love it. <laughs> Michael mm. Kay doesn't love it. But Michael Kay's yeah, been wrong I, about actually, a lot of things. I do remember hearing like the first like the first day it happened, I remember hearing about like what he had to say about it. And it's actually what he said was really interesting about it. So Yankees one of one of the Yankees and still one of their biggest needs is pitching, right? Their their starting rotation, like it's it's there, but it's not, you know, Rodon and Nestor Cortez injured injured last year, you know, who knows what we get out of them. Stroman, you know, he's not Stroman's not a guaranteed two two five ERA or like a you know, whatever. Like, you know he said the way he said it was it's pretty much two desperate people who force something or like who want like who want something and it, it makes sense it's like you know because i don't know i i just i what i'm really i'm really i'm really interested in why cashman likes to bring in the guys who don't fucking like the yankees like josh donaldson as well and just why he brings him in and i mean i get it it's i don't know that it, it was such a weird it was it's such a weird move at, in, in the moment but at the same time, like, if you just look past him not liking the Yankees, which, by the way, he's been posting, apparently, he's been a Yankee fan his whole life. and Yeah, and, yeah that's and, actually what I was going to say. That's the one thing I'm going to push back on. He um he grew up in Long Island, and he was a big Yankee fan his whole life. Went to Yankee games all the time. When the Blue Jays were about to trade him, he wanted to go to New York. The Yankees did not make the move for him. And then, obviously, he went oh, so to that's what that whole thing is? Chicago. And then Cat when Cashin was asked about... Not making the not making the deal by the media, and he said that he didn't think Stroman was, um, I believe his words were an impact arm in the postseason. So that that's where the animosity comes from. But there obviously there's a lot of there's a lot of extracurriculars with Marcus Stroman. He's going to he's going to go on on X and and say things that Yankee fans aren't going to like. He's going to have opinions. He's he's got a little bit of swagger to him, a little bit of ignorance to him. There are things to him that are a little bit concerning. But for me, I really like it. I think yeah. I think I think Yankee fans thought that it was going to be Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery or a trade for Corbin Burns or a trade for Dylan Cease, which is another level of starting pitcher. Obviously, all of those guys are a little bit higher up on on another level than Marcus Stroman. But Marcus Stroman going into the uh, All-Star break last year had a 2.47 ERA with Chicago. And he did that last year in Chicago. He did it with the Mets la- the year before that. He was a little banged up towards the end of last year and the ERA kind of ballooned a little bit higher up. But I think Marcus Stroman is a little bit of an underrated starting pitcher in this league. Obviously, he's not a bona fide two. Like, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that he is. But for the value that they got for him at, you know, only 18 million, 18, 19 million for two years, I think it's a really good deal. And it, it still gave them flexibility. It still gives them a little bit of money to play with. Obviously, Corbin Burns just got traded to the Orioles last night. I thought he was a prime candidate to be traded to the Yankees. And I thought what I thought when the Stroman deal happened, the first thing that came to my mind was, okay, they're still leaving the door open to make a trade for one of these guys that are on the other level. Now, I do think that the the Stroman deal took out Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery from the running. I think they, I thought they were, I going in, I only thought they were going to sign one starting pitcher, maybe trade for 
for another. So if you, you know, look at Montgomery, Stroman, and Snell, you might be upset because I think out of those three guys, Stroman is the number three. But I think he brings a tenacity to this team, and I think he brings a, a consistency when he's healthy that you can count on him to be your three guy. Now, maybe we still need a two guy, depending on how you feel about what Carlos Rodon is going to be. And that's a whole other conversation, and I can't disagree with that. But I think the Yankees signed this guy to be a bona fide three and to give them consistent outings, and I think he's going to be able to do that. So I like the move. Yeah, a couple things that I'm going to touch on. One, uh, yeah, so I can kind of see the whole impact in the postseason. So Marcus Stroman is uh, one and one with a four four ERA in, well, out of, out of, in five games in the in the playoffs. That was back in fifteen sixteen. So also earlier in his career. Who knows? But yeah, not not the greatest in the postseason, that's for sure. Um, and I kind of like you said um, with the whole Rodon thing, and really just the the starting five in general. Um, the good thing is that people I don't I feel like also don't realize, and because it's, it's just like you know us Yankee fans, we want that big move. You want you want the best of the best. He's not our one. Okay, like we have one, we have our one, and we even maybe have a two. So it's like. Like that's not the guy that's like all right that's that was our big move like no like that's a filler that's a filler piece that you didn't need right there so that's a good point right you by you right there and I I like I just I think like Strowman brings swagger Strowman brings only like unless the Yankees pretty much tell him no to his face like they do to everyone but like Strowman brings like intensity that like we haven't seen since probably like CC like you know like we don't like we don't really get that too much around here so it's like you know, I'm I I'm excited to see what he could bring. It's just you know, it's just what he what he was. It's just it's it's not forgotten. It's not just unless he unless he pitches like a fucking Cy Young, then then I'll forget about it. Sure, that's the thing. But, yeah, if he pitches well, nobody's gonna care about the extra. No, God, no. I'm not going to. You're not going to. Dan O'Rourke on, on on X is not going to care. Like nobody's going to care if he yeah. goes out there and is the bona fide three guy, or you know, even <clears> as <throat> the season goes along, maybe you know, in the regular season, he's you know pitching so well that. You know, he's a two. Nobody's going to care. Nobody. So, And that's what it comes down to. And another thing that you touched on that I really agree with and also was talked about on the Michael K show is the fact that the Yankees do straighten these guys out a little bit. I mean, Josh Donaldson did have that one incident with Tim Anderson when he was with the Yankees. But for the most part, Donaldson was was a little bit of a diet version of himself in terms of, you know, the character when he was in New York. The Yankees do that to people. So I'm sure when they did, you know, when they were negotiating this deal, they did say some of that stuff cannot be a part of, you know, you coming to New York. And I'm, you know, if he is as big of a Yankee fan as he says, and you know, he want he wanted to be here from the jump, I'm sure that some of that stuff will be taken down. And I, I, I just, I like the move. I, I think if people, I think it's, I think it's about expectation because people, and for good reason, people don't look at Carlos Rodon right now as a two guy. Now, Going into the year, he he was supposed to be, and I think he's still got the potential to be. And Aaron Boone's been talking about him like he's going to be. But we need to see it first, and I totally agree with that. So if you had the expectation that, you know, whoever the Yankees signed was going to be the number two starter, you're going to be disappointed with this deal because he's not a number two starter. But if you have Garrett Cole going like, like Garrett Cole's going to go, 
and Rodon is what he was supposed to be when he signed his contract. Going into a game three with a wild horse and a competitor like Marcus Stroman on the bump, I feel good about that. I just do. So I like the move if the expectation is that he's going to be the number three, possibly even the number four if Nestor goes back to being Nestor. The number two spot, it can't be Marcus Stroman, and I agree with that. So I think it's really about what your expectation of of this contract is from a Yankees fan perspective. For me, it's a number three, so I like it. A couple things as well. I mean, one, that's it's anything's an upgrade from Luis Severino, which now <laughs> the fucking who's on the other side, yeah, the mean, other side dude. is gonna have to deal with him. Yeah, dude, that's so funny. And by the way, they're what a terrible offseason they're having. <laughs> I mean, like that, that is that's that is a, a whole, whole other podcast, yeah, that's a whole other <laughs> podcast, but yeah. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you, I still think they're in the mix and at least still a pushing for Snell like I think Snell is still in their cards I really do I just I think Cashman likes them I think I think they still want to even out that rotation because I, I know the whole th- I know there's a whole thing about what Beater being the fifth guy Clayton Beater being the um the fifth guy this year um so right uh, now you I'll, I'll just throw this out there and then you can continue right now it's Cole Rodon Stroman Clark Schmidt and Nestor Oh Schmidt, but obviously, Schmidt, obviously about. you're gonna have injuries. I heard but Clayton. You're have I, what am I hearing? What am I hearing? Clayton Beater about being the sixth so guy. So before before Strowman was signed, there was only four, and after the Soto deal, when King and Brito and Vasquez were no longer you know on yeah. the forty man, the projection was Clayton Beater. But now that Strowman was signed, it's now so, Strowman in Clayton Beater's spot. Right. So now, so now Schmidt down at the uh, the five now, which I like a lot because he had a really good second half last year. So I'm I'm pretty excited for that, but. Yeah, I feel like they're, I don't know, I feel like their cards are still a little bit on Snell. And I know you're not really a, you're not a Snell guy, but I, I think that's also a move you need to make, in my opinion. I think that's just a good lefty that gets strikeouts. You know, there's, I like, I think that'd be a, such a, people kind of compare that situation to a Rodon situation. I just think that's completely different. I think, like, Rodon is an injury history that came in with knowing, knowing the gamble on that and... I feel like there's not really as much of a gamble on Blake Snell. And with, I mean, dude, I mean, remember what we did, what he did in the World Series? And, you know, like, dude has that playoff experience behind him. Like, I think that would be such a, such a good move for this team. And, I mean, he fucks with Aaron Judge, too. So, it's like, that'd be sick. Yeah, Aaron Judge's best friend in the majors is Blake Snell. So, I, I, so, I kind of agree. I think he is still a little bit of a dark horse. Not to mention the Yankees are the only team as of January, I mean, February 2nd at 9.35 a.m. They're the only team to offer him a contract officially right now oh nobody else has nobody else has has officially offered him a contract obviously he's had conversations with other teams and but an official contract offer the only one's been the yankees and it was a super low offer compared to what him and and scott boris are asking for yeah well i Um, if if they're asking for 200 then i i think you walk away i think yeah at six years at 200 i i to, to me there's good things about blake snell and there's bad things about blake snell and i think blake snell is has the potential to be a really good a really good pitcher for the yankees at the right price and at the right amount of years. I don't want to lock that guy up super long-term on a ton of money. To me, he's he's a five-inning pitcher. He walks a lot of guys. His ERA is always good. And, he, he again, he's got a lot of really good qualities about him. He just won the, the NL Cy Young. I mean, him and Garrett Cole were the, were the two Cy Young winners this year. So if, if they go into the season with the two Cy Young winners in the major leagues, you have to be happy. But there are also things about Blake Snell that are concerning. And he is only a five-inning pitcher. He walks a lot of guys. His pitch count's always high. So I think on a shorter-term deal, I think Blake Snell really does fit this team, and I would be happy with it. 
I just think a long-term deal is you don't give a long-term deal to a guy like that. I just don't think his his production, his consistent production warrants six years and a long-term contract where you're locking up a ton of money on him. I think if it's a short-term deal, maybe a three-year deal with the AAV being a little bit higher, I think I'd be happy with that. I just don't see it happening because he's a Scott Boris client and Boris is a long-term a long-term deal guy getting as much money as you possibly can. And I just see one, you know, I, I can see in my mind a team at the end of, you know, at the end of this process being like, you know what? It's Blake Snell. He's a Cy Young winner. Let's throw him all the money. Let's throw him the six years. And I think he's just going to, I think that's what it's going to end up being. So I don't think he's going to come to the Yankees, but I think on a shorter term deal, I, I, I would like it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't say he's I wouldn't say he's like a lock to go to the Yankees. I'm just saying I think the Yankees are still in the cards to push for him. Like if the deal is right, I think the Yankees are going to get him. Is what I should say. Like I yeah. think like yeah like I don't think I don't think they're going to overpay for him. I mean they could just because that's just that's a thing that they would do, but I, I don't think they will. So um yeah I'm I'm I, I, that there's there's a lot of ways. And it, did Montgomery sign? I think he I no he didn't. I thought he resigned. No, no, Montgomery's still on the market. Uh, Montgomery and Snell are still on the market. Bellinger and Matt Chapman are still on the market, and I think all Chapman. four of them are Boris guys. So four of Scott Boris's big clients are still yeah. are still oh, on the market. They're God. they're holding out for big money, and teams Scott just aren't willing Boris, to do it. Now, you, they actually, it's funny that you bring that up because um, the Yankees in the last couple of days have been rumored to you know be talking to Bellinger a little Bellinger, bit. Bellinger, I, I really saw that whole thing was crazy. And we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about that um, on the next podcast, which is, it's really interesting. But yeah, no, Montgomery is still uh is still a free agent. Yeah. Um Yeah, I don't know. That's Montgomery and I don't think Montgomery Montgomery's not interested. In, I don't think in coming back. Yeah, I, I think I think the Yankees would have to pay a premium for him. I, and I and I, I just I don't see it right now. If if it's to me and that that's the other thing. If it's gonna be Montgomery in a, on a long term deal or Blake Snell on a shorter deal, I'm thinking Blake Snell. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm not a Blake Snell hater, and I love Jordan Montgomery, but, you know, Blake's, the, the upside of Blake Snell is obviously higher than Jordan Montgomery. So I, I just don't see Jordan Montgomery at this point. I thought Montgomery going into the offseason was going to be a Baltimore Oriole. Now that they just made the deal for Corbin Burns, I don't know now. Maybe 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 he is just going to find his way back to Texas. Hmm. And you also just uh, – I want to point this out just so that we can – because this literally just happened yesterday uh... – Actually, you know, actually, I'll, I'll skip that. I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna ask you what I was gonna ask you originally, because um, we didn't touch on this. What, what was your initial, and what do you feel right now? What was your reactions on missing out on Yamamoto? Yes, Yamamoto. Actually, that was a big one that I actually didn't have in the notes. <laughs> for me, I, for me, I, I was obviously I was shocked because all of the, all of the reports from you know, some of the bigger media guys in New York were saying that he was, Sherman, he was going to be right, Yankee. Sherman, think, yeah. Andy Martino, the, a bunch yeah. of a bunch of those guys were saying. Which, that, by the way, I'm never listening to Andy Martino like, ever again. <laughs> I'm done with that guy. Absolutely. They, they 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 all have their blunders, man. They they all yeah. do. <laughs> it's 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 definitely a tough job, man. It's it a tough business. Is. Yeah, you're getting yeah the amount of word you get from different people. It, it's, yeah. yeah, it's 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 definitely journalism's tough. But uh, yeah, yeah I. I mean, everyone was all in on, on Yamamoto. And I mean, it really, it did come down to us or the Dodgers. And it's hard to compete with someone who lives in LA 
who just got who their other Japanese superstar just got seven. Dude, they spent a billion dollars on two people. Like that's crazy. Which gets yeah. deferred to fucking twenty twenty fucking. Yeah, the like, deferred <laughs> money on the Shohei contract again. That's a whole nother. You can that, spend forty that, that's a whole, about that yeah, contract. That's absolutely insane. But um, yeah, the yeah, shock so, was definitely there. The shock yeah. was definitely there. But for me, when I looked at it, I looked at the offer that the Yankees gave him, and it was a fair offer. It was it was it was it was one last year. It was the the AAV was higher, so they were offering him offering him more money for a, a year or two less. I thought the offer was really, really fair. I thought it was a good offer by the Yankees. And I think at the end of the day, you just have to look at it and kind of say what you said. Like, he just wanted to go to L.A. So, like, I can't really be mad at the Yankees. Like, you know, they offered him a, a really a really fair offer. It was good money. He chose the Dodgers. He chose the less A.V. another year to go to, to go to L.A. with Shohei. So you can't really be mad at the Yankees. I mean, you know, like, it obviously sucks to lose out on a guy like that. I think... I think they had built their whole offseason to that point around Yamasoto because I think the reason that they gave up all of that pitching depth in the Soto deal was because they thought they were getting Yamamoto. So, like, I think it did throw the Yankees in a whirlwind. But at the end of the day, like, you can't – if he wanted to go to Los Angeles, you can't – there's nothing you can really do to, to change that. So, like, all you can do is give him a good offer and – you know, hope that you wowed him in the, you know, in the interview process and the negotiations and the meetings. And, you know, if he just wanted to go to Los Angeles, I don't really think there was anything the Yankees could do about it. So there was nothing that I was, I wasn't really upset at the Yankees when, when the, when he, when he went to LA, it was, there was definitely shock because, you know, it, it, everybody was saying that yeah. the Yankees were the front runner, but I think it just came down to he wanted LA. Yeah. Like if it was one of those, if it was one of the Bryce Harper situations, which will haunt us forever. <laughs> I know I love bringing it up every single time, but uh, if it was like one of those situations, like th there's a reason to be mad. But yeah, like you said, it's just that's his decision at the end of the day. Like you can't just you can't, no matter what. Sometimes money can't just be like can't make your decision for you. So it's yeah, that's that's the way. And uh, I do you care? Did you care? I mean, I personally didn't, but um, the I think there was I don't remember exactly how to pronounce the name, but it's it's Shota Im. Uh, oh Imaga. yeah, Shota Imanaga. Yeah, yeah, and the one the Giants got too. Did you really care as much for them? Not really. So Imanaga, no. I, I from everything I read about him, I he 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 doesn't wow me. And then the Junghu Lee guy, the center fielder. Yeah, I actually mean. thought he was going into the offseason. I thought he was a he was a good fit for the Yankees. He's a contact guy. Uh, plays decent defense, but he's really a contact speed guy. He's really not going to give you any power. And I thought in this lineup, you know, an outfielder that, you know, a contact outfielder would have been a, a nice piece for the Yankees. But the Giants gave him a really long-term deal with a, with more money than I thought he was going to get. And then once you bring in Verdugo, Grisham, Soto, you no longer need that outfield spot. So I wasn't upset about that one either. But going into the offseason, I thought Jung-Hoo Lee was definitely a decent fit for the Yankees before that they before they got all these outfielders, but the contract was long. I think it's too much money, so I'm not upset that they missed out on either of those guys. Yeah, I think the Giants kind of just threw that at them just because desperation. Like how of desperation. how much? Yeah, dude, they missed they out. On to miss out so they continue to miss Correa, out on the big guys. They continue to miss out on the big guys. Judge, uh, Yamamoto. I mean, yep. and they were yeah. in the Otani sweepstakes. They they continue yeah, to miss out on the big guys, so they threw big money at them in desperation. Dude, I'm glad the Yankees didn't do the same. I I thought Otani was going to Toronto. I did. I, we, I all did. Did. we all did. We all did. I thought it was Toronto, and and honestly, I would have been. Ha I would have. I would have enjoyed that. And a lot. And when I said, I said that to my brother actually, who's also a big Yankee fan, and he was, he was. Yeah. He thought I was crazy, but we would have been able to see Shohei 
so much Every in day, Toronto. Yeah. He obviously would have made that team better, but like with a guy like Shohei, you want to see him. He's been on the West Coast his whole career. You, I, I, me being on the being on the East Coast, I, you know, I don't get to see him all that often. I thought it would have been nice to see him in Toronto, but yeah, we all thought that. I mean, we all thought that. Yeah, Dan. I mean, Toronto has it going for them right now. The Vlad just got. Got the cover. cover. Yeah, man, that's that's a huge, huge milestone for Toronto and, and Vlad Guerrero. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a movie. It's gonna be a movie, man. For them. Yeah, oh, yeah. We'll see All right. So the, the, we obviously there's a there's a couple small other moves. We're not gonna really get into them. Jake Bowers got traded. Um, I, no, I, I think I brought it up <laughs> when we talked about the Soto deal, but Esteban Florial was was dealt as well. A couple other small pieces, but I'm gonna, overall uh, off season grade so far, Keith. Obviously, after this question, we're going to talk about for really real quickly if there are any other moves that you think they need to make. But if the offseason was to be completed today, what is the grade for the New York Yankees? <sighs> okay, I want to go. I almost wanted to go like a. I, I'm going to go like on B plus, but an A. Okay, and here's the reason, and A, only because of Juan Soto. If they didn't get Juan Soto, I would say, like, a probably, like, a fucking B minus, but, like, a B plus A-ish, just because, the, like, yeah, that's three, that's three huge guys, like, you know, uh, like, Soto's huge, uh, Verdugo helps out, and Stroman also rounds out as well. I just think there's one more, and the bullpen is still kind of weak, you know, like, Especially now that Wandy, I mean, some people yeah. shoot in Wandy to be coming back, and I was one of those people. Yeah, I, yeah, like that was one you were kind of like, oh, like, I, and, and not even him, Kenyon Middleton as well, also just left as well. So like yep. that's, and they're not, and not only that, but they're missing, they're missing out on a couple guys in free agency, like Jordan Hicks as well, who just went to San Fran. But like you know, like so the bullpen needs to be rounded out, and that's something that's going to be kind of a worry, and really the only thing I'm kind of worried about. Uh, but I would still give. I would still give an A, like a B plus A, because I think Cashman came into this offseason. I think he came in pretty humbled. Like last year, like he like last year, like they like they literally got humbled. Like they just they were way too ahead of them, like way too over their over their heads on who they were, and and you can think of your team on paper as whatever you want, but results are going to show what 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 it, what's going to show and what was expected of them. Uh, on that roster, so I think like he came in this off season knowing like with a chip on his shoulder, kind of knowing like what he had to make, and that's the reason why I'm going to give it like an A. It's just because he did fill out the necessities. Like you know, you needed a left-handed hitter, you got Verdugo, and you got a superstar out of Juan Soto. And even if you really wanted to go into deeper, you got Trent Grisham, who's a pretty. I mean, people forget about him. Like he's a pretty solid outfielder as well, really fast guy, and. And if you really wanted to throw him at the top of the lineup, if you had to, you could. Um, uh, and the pitching, I mean, you still got to round out some more guys. But Stroman, I mean, that's a good that's a good arm right there that you add into the rotation. So yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, final answer. Final answer. A minus. That's what I'm doing. A minus. I'm with you. A minus yeah. is my grade. They they did they all of the things that what we us Yankee fans going into the offseason said needed to get done. Kind of got done. I mean, they 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 got three left-handed outfielders, um, so now they have good balance in the lineup. They obviously bring in a superstar in Juan Soto. The pitching side, you're able to sign Marcus Stroman. When I look at the lineup, I mean, the the, the starting rotation right now, we obviously talked about how we think maybe there's going to be one more guy, but 
Cole Rodon, Stroman, Cortez, Schmidt is not is a is a to me is a good rotation. And if Rodon is going to be Rodon, I, I think you are happy with better. that rotation. The bullpen, like you said, is a little bit weak right now with the Soto deal and with Wandy leaving, and they obviously are going to need to make a couple of moves there. But the one thing that Cashman has shown his ability to do is build a bullpen on the fly. Going into last season, spring training invite Ian Hamilton. Ian Hamilton's the seventh inning guy going into this year. Like to me, the one thing that I can trust Cashman with, fully trust Cashman with, is the bullpen. So if there's going to be a small weakness going into the season, I'd want it to be the bullpen, and that's what it is. Wow. To me, I like the off season. I think they did a lot of really good things, and. I think they've put themselves in a position now where they are back to being in the conversation. They need things to go right. They need people to produce. They need DJ to go back to being DJ. They need Rizzo to be healthy. They need Stanton to be healthy. I understand all that. But they, I think they've put themselves in the position to have success again. So to me, it's an A-. And just looking at, you know, we'll close out with just the projected lineup. This is from... Roto Champ, obviously, Fangraphs has a projected lineup as well, and we're, this is the, what the next episode is going to be. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna break down, you know, our you know what we want our lineups to be. We're gonna talk about the leadoff hitter, you know, Judge and Soto two and three. We'll we'll jump into it, but the projected lineup on Roto Champ is DJ at third base, Soto in the outfield, Judge in the outfield, Rizzo at first, Glaber in the five hole at second, Verdugo, Giancarlo Stanton DHing, and then Volpe and Wells eight nine, um, and I think. If that is the lineup, you need a couple guys to you know perform better than they did last year. But that's a def that's definitely a different outlook on the lineup than it was going into last year. So to me, it's an A minus. I think they did most of what they needed to do. If they got Yamamoto, it would have been an A plus. But I can't dock them too low because I think they gave him a fair offer. I think he just didn't want to come here. So for me, it's an A minus. And also, who knows what exactly Yamamoto? Because I mean, you know. <laughs> We've seen it before with with failed hype prospects. Um, you know, could turn into a Kiigawa. Who knows? But yeah, uh, yeah. some Yankee uh, fans are, are wishing that. I, I saw Dan are, Rourke the night that it, the night that it happened. Uh, Dan Rourke wrote 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 pretty much a book on X, formerly Twitter, um, yeah. saying that he's going to be the biggest bust of all time. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see. A, we'll see. And is this say on the on Roto Champ? These projected Herman's not on the team anymore, is he? No, so Herman's not on the team right now. I, I, I guess they expect them to to bring him back. I don't see it. I, I know I made a joke about it at the beginning of the pod. I don't see it. I, I to me, Herman shouldn't be in the league. But again, different conversation. He's not on the team right now. I don't expect him to be. So, Cav, yeah. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Um, dude, it, it feels good to be back. Uh, this is, and honestly, right now. There's so much that we can talk about. And honestly, I've, I have a lot of ideas for next episode. Um, yeah, really break down the lineup. Um, break down maybe some 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 relievers that we can go after. Maybe some more guys that we can even still fill out in this team. Uh, overall, like, just what... Did you have... Do you, do you think from last year... Did you have any feelings last year at this point than more than you did? Like, what were your feelings compared from last year to this year? Because last year, I mean, you were still... Like, Yankees were still, like... You know, Yankees were kind of the top of the barrel. Like, you know, Judge coming off MVP year. Garrett Cole gonna do what he does. And then you got Rodon at the time. So it was like, you know, the big move right there was, you know, re-signing Judge. And then you got this left-handed pitcher. 
who really like now and now it's a different thing where you got left-handed hitter, one of them being one of the best of all time in a superstar category, and and you get a very good right-handed pitcher. So like I don't know what what are your feelings right now going in this year? I feel better right now than I did last year. I I think even with the Rodon deal and Judge coming off of his his historic season, I, I think you could still clearly see the holes in the team. Uh, I think it was. I think it was still blatantly obvious. I like when you look at the lineup going into last year, you knew you knew that Josh Donaldson was gonna was you know gonna do what he did the year before. To me, you could just so blatantly still see the holes, and there were still so many concerns in the lineup and even in the rotation. And they kind of played themselves out with the injuries in the rotation as well. For me, I feel a lot better. I feel a lot better at this point right now. I think. I mean, you bring in a guy like Soto, who you know not only is one of the best hitters in in the majors. The guy played every single game last year, except for the one game he 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 got scratched like at forty minutes before when he was in New York at Yankee Stadium, and I was at the game, still upset about it. But still upset about it. But the guy plays every day. I think there are more defined roles on this team now. I, I feel a lot better this year than I did go than I did going in the last. That's a good point that you put up there, the defined roles. Because that, that was something last year, like, there were so many interchangeable pieces. Like, where was DJ going to play? What, what's Glaber's situation going to be now? Yeah, it's I mean, we had like games where Glaber that. was in the three-hole. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, I mean, and obviously you're going to have a conversation at the leadoff spot, which we're going to have next episode. And, like, there are gonna, there's always going to be spots in a lineup where you're going to have conversation. But the meat of your lineup is set now. Like, it, that's yeah. not going to move. And I'm happy about that, real happy about yeah. that. That's, that's a great thing. Yeah, man. And that's – honestly, that's – I think that's just a good segue into the next episode. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Right we, are, we are happy to be back. We are sorry for the hiatus. Yeah. We are back. We're going to be pumping you guys with episodes for the next – month as the offseason winds down then we're going to be jumping straight into the season um and we are we're we're real excited to do that might even be bringing in a couple of guests this 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 season as the season goes along we'll we'll talk about it we'll give you guys the full rundown but that is going to do it for the welcome back to the lounge episode yankees offseason a minus from keith a minus from me juan soto's a yank let's talk about the lineup next time we see you guys from Keith and Connor. Let's go Yanks, baby. Let's go Yanks.